In case you don't know, yesterday on this program, we talked about Ilan Omar. Uh, we have to give you the amazing explanation from Ilan Omar uh, coming up in just a few minutes. First, let me tell you about our cruise through history. Pat is going on. By the way, Pat's sitting in for Stu today. Yes. Hi, Pat. Hi, hi, Glenn. Uh, you, you're 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 going to go on the cruise? Yes. People are going to learn so much from me. Yeah. I'm going to uh, show them right where the buffet is. Right. Yeah. Really? It's going to be great. It's going to be wow. great. Wow. And the history of the food at the buffet? Or Not just... necessarily. <laughs> just but how it tastes. Right. We'll all, wow. Yeah. We'll kind of learn that together. You'll be like, this is really good. <laughs> yes. Now, will yes. I be able to trust that you're telling me what's really good because that'll mean less for you? Uh, no, you won't be able to trust that. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good. Well, it's an all-inclusive trip. Uh, Bill O'Reilly will be there. David Barton, Rabbi Lappin, Tim Ballard will be there. I'll be there. You're going to learn a lot about the history of our country and what we got from Italy and Greece and uh, and the Holy Land, which is where we're going to be sailing. Find out about it now. ComeSailAway.com. Only a couple of cabins left. Get them now. ComeSailAway.com. All right, Pat, we're facing a decision here. Facing a decision right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, Pat's joining me, uh, sitting in for uh, uh, Stu. Do we start with uh, Ilan Omar's really logical reason on why she deleted that tweet (laughs) yesterday that we talked about? Uh, Plus plus some, uh, some crazy stories about eco anxiety and how uh, how psychiatrists are now having these these camps for people who are just too freaked out Man. because we only have 12 years before it's all over. Maybe we start with Alana Marcus. It'll put that well, whole no, I... conspiracy thing to rest. You do that? Yeah. All right, we're going to yeah. start with Alana Mar. This is the Glenbeck program. All right, in 1 minute, uh, first let me tell you about uh, relief factor. I I love to paint. It's 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 funny because I've painted uh, forever, uh, and uh, so many people are. I'll post something online and they're like, "I didn't know you painted." Well, it's because I don't paint very well, but I love to paint. Uh, and I stopped painting um, pretty much entirely there for a while because my hands hurt so much. Now that I'm using Relief Factor, I. I I don't know what to do with all of the painting. I'm going to be giving them away very, very soon on the side of a road in in Mexico uh, so they can reuse the canvas. Anyway, um, I love to paint, and I couldn't do it because of my hands and the pain that I had. My hands shake really bad, and it was just bad. Relief factor has changed my life, and I feel like I got my life back. And I've told you stories from so many of our listeners that feel exactly the same way. They got their life back. It's not a drug. It's clear-minded. It was invented by doctors. It reduces the inflammation in our bodies, which is where most of the pain comes from. So just try it for three weeks. Just try it. If it doesn't work, you can move on to try something else. But I'm telling you, this works big time for me and so many of our our listeners. 70% of those who try it go on to order more month after month. I take it three times a day, still 18 months 
after I started taking it. It's 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. All right. I, I mean, I think we need to start with the official Al- Alonamar, you know, campaign theme. Uh, Alonamar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. My wife hates this. A lot of people do because <laughs> it doesn't get out of their head right. My the wife, whole rest I, of the day. We were driving last night and she just went, Ilan Omar. I hate you so much. So Ilan Omar is in the news and she wanted to clear this up because yesterday we told you that another tweet had been found. And in this tweet, she said, Happy Father's Day to the best father, and I thank Allah for giving me a great father, uh, Nuar Saeed. Now, Nuar Saeed is the name of the guy that we've been saying is her father. You'll notice there's no Omar in that name. Because we contend, through a lot of research and many sources, we contend that she just went with another family while she was in this camp uh, in, in, not Somalia, where did they move her to, Jason? Where? In Kenya. Uh, and this is very, very common for Somalis. Somebody would get permission to come to the United States and they would say, I can take your children. Okay, Great. Get him to the United States. And so she became an Omar. It's not her name. But her dad and her family name is Saeed. Well, right. we allege. We, yes. we allege. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because she has posted many pictures of a guy named Noir Saeed and said, this is my dad. Uh, she's posted <laughs> pictures of other Saeeds uh, in the uh, family uh, in England of... Her alleged brother, who she later married, um, and her sister. And she's clearly on the record saying, that's my sister, that's my brother. So when she didn't delete something from 2013, it was found just yesterday, where she says, hey, by the way, happy Father's Day. And so we immediately said, um, Alon, you should explain this because that seems to say exactly what we've been saying. Well, they did. Her spokesman came out yesterday and released a statement. Representative Omar and her family are subject to constant threats. Mm -hmm. When people write vile things on posts about people she loves, including posting disturbing doctored images of her father, she takes them down. Yeah. So now I guess she's saying that we we have doctored the image of her standing next to Nuar Saeed saying, this is my dad, and <laughs> we've my replaced gosh. that picture. Okay. Wow. She then said, Nuar Saeed means happy light, and it has been her dad's nickname since he was a kid. He has a public page with the same name. She isn't deleting. <laughs> it's because it's his name, which is weird. Isn't no, no, weird? no. She's saying that Omar, 
They Omar, Omar is, the father, the you know what we believe is the adopted father. Okay, his nickname. His is nickname. Saeed. His no, no, Nuar Saeed. Right. Okay. Right. Which yes. happens to be the full name of the guy. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. She said she's not deleting it for the disturbing, hateful reasons that are being implied by conspiracy theorists, and legitimate media outlets shouldn't be spreading conspiracy theories. So. She said it's just a big coincidence that the guy we say is her father because she said it's her father. The guy who's she claims uh, is now not her father, but is the father of the woman she claims is her sister. And her <laughs> sister's marriage certificate says name of the father, Noir Saeed. She says, I'm, no, that's, no, you're making all of this up. This is just a coincidence. I call my dad Omar. I call him Nuar Saeed, which is what my sister calls my other dad that I say is not my dad. (laughs) Because that's her father's real name. (laughs) Could this get any weirder or more convoluted? No, you know what? It's so bizarre. Here's what, here's what's happening. She doesn't have to give logical answers. Yeah. She doesn't have to give. Nobody any, in the media holds her feet to the fire. No one will pursue this. Right. No one will Except pursue us, this. We're the only ones. Yeah. I mean, well, there's there's about three or four journalists that are actually doing the work, uh, and we're we're one of those. But there's been is some Fox people, even tracking no, this no, no, down? No. There's not, no mainstream. They? Yeah. That's we're the what biggest. I we're the biggest voice on this. Yeah. But. Nobody's nobody is willing to do the work. They're all going to say, and it's it's interesting that she used conspiracy two times. These are just spread by conspiracy theorists. That would be us. Wow. And wow. mainstream media should not be spreading conspiracies. So she's just shooting a, a you know warning shot across the bow. If you do anything on this. We're going to come after you and call you a conspiracy theorist. And when she says we, she means we. She's got care and mm-hmm. everyone else behind her. Mm-hmm. This this is what happens when you are uh, when you put special interest groups of any kind in charge. We put care and everybody else in charge of what we're allowed to say about Islam and Muslims and Islamists. Right. Once they had that power, you're you're completely done. Alan Omar. You would think somebody might get interested in this. No, you would please, think. Pat. I mean, seriously, Pat. this is a United States Congress Pat. person. Pat. It's a U.S. Congress person. Do you remember when we Fox. were exposing Soros and yeah, everyone and nobody else? Nobody was interested. I know. No I know, one but was interested. Wasn't an elected official. She is. She is. I, she's. This is. She's committed crimes. Who knows who she's in bed with? Look at all the lies she's told. I mean, how deep does this go? Who knows? You, I I think that's why everyone's why is afraid Fox of it. Not in this. They should I don't be know. in this fight. I don't know. I've talked to several people who should be in this fight, and I don't want to rat them out, but I've said, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you not on this? I don't see a win. I don't see a win unless she unless she folds. There's no way to prove it one way or another. Well, 
yeah, well, she's not going to have her feet held to the fire unless everybody's mm-hmm. on top of it and saying, we demand answers. Right. How is this your sister, which she says, according to legal documents, is this is her father. You have posted pictures that say that's my father, but that's not the father you live and came to America with. Right. You got another dad over here. Mm-hmm. Which one of these is real? Because one of them is your biological dad. Your biological dad also is the father of the guy who is the biological brother of your sister mm-hmm. that you claim, and you married that guy. <laughs> so what the hell? <laughs> yes. I mean, this should be an open yeah. and shut case. This is so easy. So easy for her to just go on and say, look, here's a picture of my brother. Here's a picture of my husband. She, yeah, if she did this and she was legitimately in the right, she could, she could blow this out of so the water here immediately. immediately. So here's the thing. This is why this is important. And I think this is why she gets so much protection. She is a part of those democracy, or what is it, the Democrat Alliance, or what? what is it? Justice Democrats. Yeah, Justice Democrats. Yeah. She's a part of that. Mm-hmm. You expose exactly. the lies <clears throat> and the cover-up with her, you immediately discredit that entire organization. And so now you hurt them with AOC and everything else. They become a joke and toxic. How hard to believe is it? that they're not already discredited. I mean, they that Justice Democrats founded by the Young Turks people. The Young Turks! That I mean, that should discredit them right from the get-go. But it doesn't. It doesn't, Because though. they have tons right. of money behind them. Big, yeah. big money. The, the, the left has gone unhinged and insane. And until Democrats... Start to stand up and say, look, I don't want these people in our party. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't mind Elon Omar and, you know, being Muslim or being whatever, having a different opinion than mine. But I do have a problem if this stuff is true. If we can't rat this stuff out and find out if it's true or not, I will be. I want to make this clear. I will be the first to apologize and tell you the truth that none of this stuff is true if she would just provide the evidence. Mm-hmm. But her not providing the evidence, her coming up with ridiculous things. No, that's my, that's my father's nickname. Your father goes, that's like my nickname would be John Brown. It's a real name. Noor Saeed is a real name. So uh, I'm Glenn Beck, but my nickname is John Brown. What are you talking about? It's catchy. It's a, no, it it's is. a catchy nickname. It would work, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it would. So, <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh. And, and you know what? The ridiculous doesn't end there. Wait, there's more. Hmm. Back to the program in one minute, and I thank Pat for sitting in for Stu, who's on vacation for about a week. Uh, Living off the grid, to some people, sounds kind of fun. And then you actually do it. I mean, it's never sounded fun to me. My, My son is always like, Dad, can we go camping? You sure can, son. You sure can. 
You find some family that's going camping, have a great time. The Boy Scouts are going camping, and it's father-son. That's great. And what great fathers they all have. You can attend if one of them will take you, because I'm not taking you camping. I will... I, well, I have another story today about... They, they, there's, there's national reserves in China, and I want to talk to you about what they've just released in their national reserves because uh, I have a different way of, um, you know, of, of camping and living off the grid. And um, anyway, if you are living off the grid or want to, or you want to make sure that your family is safe in case the grid goes down, which is something we have to talk about today because of Iran, uh, there is a four-week emergency food package sale going on right now. It's $100 off the four-week emergency food package. Now, that includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner for uh, an entire month for one person, just over 2,000 calories a day. Uh, and you can get this at $100 off per package. So if you have a family of four, you should grab four of these. You don't have to worry about food for a month. God forbid something happens. Preparewithglenn.com. It's really good food, and it's uh, really easy. Ships to your door. It's in an unmarked bag or an unmarked box, so nobody knows. Oh, I know where I'm going for food when it melts down. Uh, preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com, 800-271-63. We take a 10-second break for station ID. Hey, let me tell you about the, um, let me, China has just released 10,000 metric tons of pork from its central reserves this week in a bid to stabilize soaring pork prices and cope with swine fever crisis that has wiped out roughly one third of its pigs. That's pretty amazing. So they have... Hmm. They have 10,000 metric tons of pork that they're releasing. That's not their entire central reserve. Now, I know we have a strategic oil reserve. Do we have pork reserves? <laughs> not that I know of. I don't think so. How, how long can you keep pork well, on it's reserve? Frozen. It's frozen. It's frozen pork. Can you do that indefinitely, though? I mean, eventually, oh. you got to eat that stuff or it's going to... I mean, even frozen, you wouldn't want to keep it for... Years, I don't know. Would you? I don't. I don't think so. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they cycle through it. Like maybe. we have to cycle through our oil reserves. Don't I think we? you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think you you just cycle. That's a pretty good idea that you have pork reserves. Yeah. What I'd like to know is, do we have ice cream reserves? <laughs> do we have what? Do, what else could we have? I don't want to just live on pork. Things go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, we need pudding. You know, definitely need pudding. We need pudding. Yeah. We need pudding. Yeah, Cake, ice cream, pudding. ice cream, ice cream, pudding, pudding. I can't think of anything else that I would pudding, pudding. Yeah, ice, who, ice cream. Who doesn't think we need at least ten thousand tons of pudding? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. At least. Imagine pumping that out of the ground. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> We've got pudding. We've got <laughs> uh, now there is mm. uh, there is this story that I find really, really immoral. I find this. I find the people who are making people feel this way immoral. Now, may I ask you, 
I was the the perpetrator of of a giant con on the American people, and I was just trying to make them afraid. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really bad to be a fear monger and to make people afraid. A growing body of evidence suggests climate change activists the world over are increasingly suffer from eco anxiety experiencing mental health episodes triggered by the stress of worrying about the Earth's pending doom from global warming. In order to combat... I mean, listen to that. Listen Mm. to that. In order to combat the condition, climate anxiety support groups are cropping up, according to the Daily Beast, and the seats are filling up. The Beast reported uh, the rise of climate anxiety groups in the U.S. calling the gatherings the new self-care... In order to meet the rise in demand, counselors and clinicians are getting trained up on how to treat this special group of Mm. patients, and I believe they are really special, who feel weighed uh, weighed down by the doom and gloom surrounding the movement. So here's here's what let me just let me finish it because I got to get to a couple of the quotes. More than 250 people now have participated in good grief. The 10-step eco-anxiety support program, which mimics the structure of Alcoholics Anonymous. Think of that. They need a program like AA to be able to control the fear that the earth is doomed. Uh, Activist Lynn Wang told the outlet that she decided to launch a support group after becoming overwhelmed by the climate crisis last year. People would say... Now, listen to this. Listen to the circle of friends. People would say, isn't it great that the world is ending in 12 years? What? Who would say that? Who would say that? Isn't it great the world is going to end in 12 years? But it's in the back of people's minds, and it's constantly over our heads. There is a real fear for the next generation thinking about the future. I can't imagine planning for the future when we only have 12 years. This is immoral. What the media, what Mm. the politicians and everyone else is doing to our fellow citizens and humans. And so dangerous. What's going to happen when you haven't planned beyond 12 years? And then all of a sudden, we're beyond 12 years. And we're still here. Really dangerous. It is and there's so, a lot of people who believe it. They were wholeheartedly. They are starting an eco-anxiety 12-step program. It's unbelievable. The press should probably question itself. I mean, even mm-hmm. in the Daily Beast story, where is where is the media at the Daily Beast saying, by the way, the world's not going to be over in 12 years. Right. Stop it. Which Stop the report it. they keep citing keeps telling them, we didn't say that. It's not going to end in 12 years. All right. We have a great deal from Tecovis. If you believe we're going to live longer than 12 years, uh, you know, but the seas might rise a bit. So you're going to need some boots. Get some nice cowboy boots. Get some nice Western wear from uh, Tecovis. Yep. Yep. Even if the seas don't rise, you're still going to love your pair of Tecovis uh, cowboy boots. You get it all style, quality, craftsmanship, half the price of traditional retail. Now, when you make a $150 purchase and you enter Beck at the checkout, you're going to get free hand-stitched calfskin, a card case, in uh, in beautiful dark bourbon color. It's about a $50 value. 
and you can carry your cards and your cash in, and I carry it all the time. It is really, really beautiful, and it's free. If you make the $150 or more purchase, you get that for free just kind of as a thank you. They don't ever discount. They never, they've never done anything like this. They just want to say thank you to this audience. It's going on now until September 22nd, so visit Tecovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. That's Tecovas dot com slash Beck. And remember, Beck at checkout. At the, regret, at the request of a number of committees of Congress and for reasons of transparency, the President of the United States has just directed the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and the Department of Justice, including the FBI, to provide for the immediate declassification of the following materials. 1. Pages 10 through 12 and 17 through 34 of the June 2017 application to the FISA court in the matter of Carter Page. 2. All FBI reports of interviews with Bruce G. Orr prepared in connection with the Russian investigation. And three, all FBI reports of interviews compared, uh, prepared in connection with all Carter Page FISA applications. In addition, President Trump has directed the Department of Justice, including the FBI, to publicly release all text messages relating to the Russia investigation without redaction of James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and Bruce Orr. This is, this is significant. I want to bring uh, Jason Batrill in, who we're going to talk about a couple of things. Jason, uh, I'm going to get to Iran here in a second, but first, tell me the significance of of this first off the fisa applications that's significant because that's what we've been asking for it's like if, if anything went, went weird with that like if if uh did the fusion gps thing did that have anything to do with any of this which was what we suspected they denied um yeah now this is important they denied that they used the fusion gps as the reason to get the fisa court to say yes you can spy on candidate trump which goes through the uh, the, the trump dossier uh, all of those things the addition also linking bruce Orr and the text messages with comey and uh remind me bruce Orr. so bruce Orr was the uh he's, he was the doj what was he he was the, he was like the he was high up he was and high his, up the DOJ, his wife is involved right she worked for fusion gps uh, she was a russian translator right. she, she worked for fusion gps then she was uh delivering information straight to bruce Orr. Right. And then Bruce Orr was giving that information over to Comey and the gang. So this is what's what's incredible about this is this shows this may show. We'll see all the declassifications, but I can't imagine the White House is releasing it if it doesn't. Uh, if it's incriminating. Yeah, yeah. It's incriminating or just neutral. Um, it should show that uh, they did use Fusion GPS, uh, not anything uh, to do with. Uh, Carter Page. Carter Page, remember, they say, was an un- under investigation for something else. And already we were looking at Carter Page. We, Our research, if, if I remember this right, our research um, uh, showed that, no, that w- had been investigated and then already put to rest. Everybody thought he was just an imbecile. <laughs> Right? Literally, the Russia, they had investigated him before. Back, remember back during the Anna Chapman days? Yes. During that group? They were investigating him around then because he was just trying, he was like an energy guy and he was trying to get into like people involved with global energy. Mm-hmm. And there were two K, or not KGB, there were two uh, Soviet SVR, like their former KGB, contacted Bruce Orr, reached out to him. And then they, the, I guess the NSA or the, somebody in the, some intelligence agency actually got phone intercepts of these Russian agents saying, that guy is a moron. 
So stay away from <laughs> literally. Right. That's that's pr- pretty much. There's no way quote. we can use him. He's a moron. <laughs> so the okay. FBI said, okay, we're okay, we're moving on. He is not. He is no longer a person of interest. Right. But then, coincidentally, the FISA court says, oh, you can go back and look at him uh, because of those other things. And they've said it had nothing to do with his with, with the Russian uh, fusion uh, GPS dossier on Trump it has nothing to do with that. Really? Well, we're about to find out because we think it had everything to do with that. And even the things that we know of of about the FISA application, this just looked weird. They they kept saying, no, we didn't base it all on the Steele dossier. They said that we referenced it, but it wasn't like the, the main evidence. They also, remember, included a Yahoo News article that said, now this journalist is on to something because he references stuff, the same, some of the same stuff that's in the, uh, dossier. the Trump dossier. But Well, that's because Christopher Steele delivered that journalist at Yahoo News the, tr- the dossier. So, so they referenced the two things that were exactly the same thing right try to make it look different so the question is did they say that to the judge because they said no we were absolutely clear with everything were you so now we will find out now we'll find out and bruce Orr should be sweating some bullets oh absolutely and his and his wife Mm -hmm. i mean because that's the real connection here is what did the wife feed the husband and what did the husband feed the FISA courts. So it's surprising that this came out uh, today just out of the blue. Uh, but mm. we'll, we'll see if anyone pays attention to it because everybody's, oh, everybody's defending the Kavanaugh story on the on the left and everybody is defending the impeachment process uh, with the Kavanaugh story. I mean, there there is no real news. There is no real news. I find the story of the uh, of the climate change people having to go have therapy because they believe that the world is going to end in 12 years. I find that a real story. And I find that a real Mm -hmm. story in this way. The media and the politicians are, they needed to have an enemy. They needed to have a bad guy to be able to take down capitalism. And so they invented, it's bigger than world war two. They invented their own Hitler and their own Hitler is anything that hurts the climate. And they have scared people to the point to where they believe they only have 12 years to live. Imagine, imagine if I said to you that there is a cult where millions of people are now believing there's only 12 years to live and they're changing everything in their life because they believe this. Do you think there would be an outcry from the left? You know there would, because there's been people like that. Yes, and, and there should be. And they've be. been mocked. There should be. And disparaged. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And the press is responsible. Mm-hmm. But it's not just the press. It's the politicians as well. Mm-hmm. Up in New York, they are now allowing school children. Yeah, to go on, to go on strike Friday. Uh, school districts were debating what position to take when uh, after New York City announced... 1.1 million public school children could skip classes without any penalties to join the global youth climate strike on Friday. Unbelievable. One million kids are going to leave school on Friday. And, you know, half of them, three quarters of them just want to get out of school. Yeah. My kids, <laughs> if my kids came home and said their school was doing this and dad, 
I can leave school on Friday. I'd say, no, 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 no. you're no. going to go to school on Friday and we're leaving that school on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's enough, enough, enough. And you wonder why these kids are so propagandized, why they believe it so much, why they're so afraid, why they're scared out of their minds. Why they're, why they're committing suicide. There's right. nothing of importance Right. You have nothing to live for. Think of the message. Think of the message. You're telling them their world is burning up all around them. Yeah, and there is there's not going to be any food, there's not going to be any mm-hmm. there's not going to be any animals. There's there's the people are going to starve. It's going to be nonstop trees, you know, oxygen's being burned up. I mean, they, they've heard it all. I mean, that is terrifying. And then on top mm-hmm. of it, you have the real crisis of Hey, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with freedom. And you can't say that that's, oh, well, see, that's the right conspiracy. Really? Is it? Is it? Because I hear that from the left as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't have, they don't know what their jobs are going to be like. They don't know if they're going to be able to even afford college or if they do, if it's going to be just going to just be an anchor around their neck. Can you imagine what it is like to be a kid? In today's world, it's terrifying. Terrifying. It's got terrifying. Be. Yeah, and they don't have the experience to know that. Okay, I see through this nonsense. Uh, some of them do. Some of them can see through it because they hear both sides. Maybe their parents are are you know helping to educate them. If you can think this through, I, I think you could be okay. But if you're not, if you're just accepting what your what your but teachers are telling you, if you think this through and you speak out, then you get the joy of being a pariah. That's true. Do too. you remember how hard yeah. it was to be in part of the in crowd when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be a pariah. You just wanted to have friends. You wanted to be with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes real guts to stand up. And how many of us would have been able to do it? You just would have gone along with it, and you would have said, ah, my parents, they're old, they don't get it, because that's what the media and the politicians are telling them to say. This is just, this is truly evil. What is going on Mm -hmm. is truly evil. I read a story today about how the Democrats are trying just to create the image of chaos so people will say, I can't handle this with Donald Trump, that that's what these impeachment hearings really are all about. That it's just this mm. image of chaos and people will say, I just I just want a president who's not causing all this chaos, thinking because of their their friends in the media that they can control that and to make sure that the chaos is blamed not on the Democrats who are doing it intentionally, but on the president. What did I tell you when I read that story today? I saw the word chaos and I thought What did I tell you 10 years ago? 10 years ago, I said the word of the future is going to be chaos. And Mm -hmm. anyone, anyone who is trying to create chaos will be on the wrong side. Well, here we are. Who's creating confusion and chaos? Look at the New York Times, what they did just this week. They, they, They intentionally deleted information that would have made this accusation into what it actually is, a big bowl of nothing. But instead, they let that run, cause chaos for a few days, and then 
get let the Democrats get their chaos plan together and say, we got to go impeach. And it stops us from talking about the real issues that we really face. Try to find stories about what we should do with Iran. Try to find them in the mainstream media. You're going to be hunting for a while. What happened yesterday is so important. We should be talking about what we are to do with Saudi Arabia and Iran. Do you hear anybody really discussing this? No. You hear it's 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 uh, Donald Trump's fault because he pulled out of the treaty. Well, if this is true, what they said yesterday, let me bring Jason back in. He's former military intelligence. If this is true, it was done by the IRGC, which is the arm of the mullah, the military arm of the mullah. It doesn't have to go through politics. It goes right to the IRG, uh, IRGC. And what the Saudis and America claimed yesterday, and apparently the proof is coming in the next couple of days, today and tomorrow, um, according to the proof that we have, that they say they have, it was fi- those missiles were fired from Iran. Uh, well, what do we do? What do we do, Jason? <laughs> the con- conventionally, what do we do? It conven- the conventional response would be an automatic military strike from that we would do. Yeah, that's this. This this you. We are now looking at a Beirut situation. If you don't act, are you empowering them to continue these things? If you do act, are you starting a, a global war with uh, people that want a caliphate and the return of the twelfth Imam? Yeah, the, the, an attack was so problematic uh, for the Trump administration. You attack them, and Iran just threatened us with this. They said that we will respond to your retaliation, but not necessarily just in that area. Yeah, what they mean is all their militias they've planted all over the globe. So one will of the, one of the things that we are also concerned about uh, is we look like we're going to do cyber attacks. Well, the more cyber attacks we do, the more likely it is for others to respond to us with cyber attacks. Cyber attacks could kill millions of people. There needs to be a start treaty on this. This is a weapon of mass destruction. Now, we might hit their nuclear power plant, but if you're a terrorist or you're Iran, you just hit our grid and shut it down. Look what happened in Venezuela. How many people in hospitals died? We're not talking about any of this because we have agents of chaos stirring things up about Kavanaugh and everything else. It's going to take great restraint. But you're, you, I urge you to stay focused on the things that actually matter. All right, ZipRecruiter. Hiring is slow. It's grinding. Nobody likes to do it. Nobody likes to come in and interview, and you don't like doing the interview. You have this pool of applicants to go through, none of whom uh, you actually pick to apply. And it's just going to go into the end of the day. Maybe one or two of them will even have the job skills necessary, let alone be viable candidates for the job. But this is where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the candidates finding you. It finds them for you and invites them. Hey, we have this great job opening. You have all of the skills I think you're a good match. This is like modern headhunters. This is what people used to pay. Big companies would pay a lot of money to hire somebody that would just go and look for candidates. That's what ZipRecruiter does. 
You can get a quality, qualified candidate fast. When you post your job on ZipRecruiter, you're going to be impressed by how quickly you receive great candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day, most times within the first hour. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for all businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck, the smartest way to hire. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Boy, a lot of news going on today. Benjamin Netanyahu is maybe over uh, for him one way or another. I, I hope not, um, but uh, he's he's down. Looks like Gantz might. How many how many votes do they have to count? There's like 14 people in in Israel. All right, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. Also, uh, we just had a uh, an appointment for national security advisor. How'd you like to be the guy replacing John Bolton today? Uh, it is, what's his name, Robert O'Brien? Robert O'Brien. Robert O'Brien. Any relation to Beto O'Rourke? <laughs> <laughs> no, those are just, they both have they O. Both have O. Yeah. Like, one yeah. is like, right. oh, and the other one is like, oh, crap, I'm not Hispanic? <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, he was the uh, Secretary of the Navy. Actually, it looks I like guess. he was under consideration to be Secretary of the Navy. Okay, so oh. he hasn't even been that. He was, right. uh, he, he was a lawyer. And <laughs> he was a lawyer. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, we'll find out. experience? <laughs> so we'll, we'll find out more about him coming up in just a second. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like guns. I'll tell you that right now. That's... You're listening to Glenn Beck. We have Ken Paxton coming on in a few minutes. He's the um, Attorney General of the State of Texas, and I've got a few questions and topics we want to talk to him about. Um, well, that's coming up, so stand by. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock is the only company that is watching over the title of your home. Somebody who is actually standing guard at the, the virtual bank vault uh, where all the titles are kept. Your title comes through, and it's got a change of name and ownership on it. They call you. Hey, uh, did you just sell your house? This is important. The FBI says this kind of theft is the fastest-growing crime in America. There's no one else that can protect you against this. Please do your homework and go to HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure your house remains your house. HomeTitleLock.com. Go there now. All right, there's a few things that we have to talk about with Ken Paxton. He's our attorney general here in the state of Texas. He's one of the guys leading the Google lawsuit uh, for antitrust. We're going to talk to him about that gun legislation. Also, yesterday, the president said, California, you can't have your own standard for cars. With all due respect, Mr. President, what part of the 10th Amendment don't you understand? And GOP, who is supporting him. 
What part of the 10th Amendment don't you understand? California has a right, in my opinion, to be stupid. It's their right to do run their state the way they want to run their state. And the federal government should not be interfering. Ken Paxton, when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. We are one minute away, so stand by. Uh, first, let me tell you about the uh, chair that you are sitting in right now, unless you're driving a car. If you're driving a car, if you're lucky and you have a really nice car, you've got all kinds of adjustments. But does your car, even the nicest car, have 10 different adjustments? The X chair, your office chair, it has 10 different adjustments. So it fits your body perfectly. Uh, and if you just sit in it, just in factory settings, if you will, you sit in it, it's wildly comfortable. You start to adjust it, adjust it to fit you, and you'll never sit in another chair again at, at work. Uh, I want you to go to xchairbeck.com and find out about the X chair. They have it for all sizes, all shapes, and all prices. xchairbeck.com. You need a great chair for the office or the office at home? xchairbeck.com. 1-844-4X-CHAIR. 1-844-4X-CHAIR or xchairbeck.com. Ken Paxton is the 51st Attorney General of Texas. Uh, he has He's one of the guys who, well, he started a special unit dedicated to com- combating human trafficking in Texas in the uh, first uh, year of existence. Uh, he helped arrest the chief executive officer of Backpage.com, the largest online sex trafficking marketplace in the United States. He filed suits on Obama for federal overreach 22 times. I think won most of those. And he joins us now. Hi, Ken. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you? Very good. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the attorney, uh, I mean, the uh, uh, the Google lawsuit that several states have filed and find out if this has any real teeth to it. Um, Google is is absolutely out of control, as you know, and I think we have very little time to actually get our arms around this uh, before they are just all-powerful and there's nothing you can do. What does your lawsuit lay out, and what are the chances of changing Google at all? Well, first of all, it's pretty remarkable. It wasn't just a few states that joined this. It's an investigation. It's not a lawsuit yet. It's an investigation. And there are 50 different attorney generals that have joined on. So only only two states didn't join. That was California and Alabama. Hmm. So every other state found some concern. And so the way this starts off is that we are allowed to issue what are called uh, investigative demands. So we sent questions for Google, pages of questions about their how they advertise. And so so many people think that the internet is free and that their searching is free. The reality is it's far from it. Google makes about $117 billion a year, and I don't fault them for making profits. But the, the problem that we have seen and the problem we're investigating is they control every aspect of advertising on the Internet. From the buy, they represent the advertisers. They represent the sellers on the other side, the websites and the publishers. And then they also control the exchange and the negotiation between the two parties. So there's nothing they don't control and from what we can see, they've eliminated competition mm-hmm. every time, either by buying them or finding a way to, you know, create their technology so everybody's pushed out. So, what do you say to the free market people who say, "Look, I, you know, why punish a company that's doing well?" 
So I am a total free market guy, and I'm not here to punish Google for doing well. The founders of our country were worried about power being concentrated in the hands of too few people, and so they created a government that was divided, and they left the rest of the power to the state. They were also worried about big banks, and they were worried about too much power concentration among large banks. And I think if they were here today, they would have some concern, and Mm -hmm. I have some concern about, you know, a few technology companies that, you know, control too much of the market, and therefore our uh, consumers are are at a detriment because right now when you advertise, when these advertisers are paying a premium to advertise, the consumers think they're getting free searches. They're paying higher prices than they should for a lot of products because there's no competition in that marketplace. And, you know, I want a free market, and I'm not sure we have one right now. So are we going after any of the states concerned about uh, privacy and the collection of data and listening to people and all of that? Absolutely. It's, you know, we started off, we spent a lot of time talking to, you know, experts in technology. Uh, We spent a lot of time out in California just uh, talking to lawyers, talking to people that understood this. Uh, We started down this path of of advertising because it it relates to our powers as attorney generals. But if the facts lead us to to privacy issues, then we'll, we'll, we'll follow that path as well. So what are you hoping that that what's the solution here with Google? So I try to go into investigations, not presuming any particular remedy. Uh, I, we want we have a lot of information that we hope that Google will provide in a in an organized fashion. Uh, in the past, like Missouri looked, you know, on their own when Josh Hawley, who's now a U.S. senator, was uh, the attorney general of, of Missouri, and Jim Hood, who was in Mississippi, they individually tried to look at Google, and, and Google just buried them with documents. And you know, I'm hopeful that. Our thir- we, they have 30 days to respond to our request. They will provide an organized response, uh, specific responses to our questions that will help us determine whether we need to pursue uh, something further or not. Hmm. Um, let me uh, let me uh, change subjects. Yesterday, the president uh, came out and said that California doesn't have a right to ask for you know changes in cars and their own gasoline and everything else. Um, that's that's the 10th Amendment. Doesn't Texas, if Texas wanted to say, hey, uh, GM, we don't accept those cars. We have to have, you know, they all have to be fitted with a Texan defibrillator. Wouldn't the people of Texas have the right to do that? I am definitely a states' rights guy. I, I think the states uh, have a lot. They have all the authority that wasn't specifically granted to the federal government. So unless there's a specific uh something that gives the the federal government the power to preempt state law, I would argue that, you know, every state would have a right to to deal with the manufacturers in the way that they see fit. Right. Um, The the statement was that that we have a national car industry and California doesn't have the right to uh, disrupt that. Well, we all know California tries to disrupt a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what they do. Uh, and in most cases, you know, they have a right to take their shot and we have to figure out how to, how, how we're going to respond because they control so much of the market. They do, uh, they do sometimes, you know, affect the rest of the nation because, you know, every company will, will sort of follow what California wants. So, you know, if, but that's their right. I mean, they, 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 everything that wasn't specifically given to the federal government is reserved for the state. 
Uh, we're talking to Ken Paxton. He is the attorney general uh, for the state of Texas. And there is so much uh, going on, uh, Ken, that I just don't even know where you even uh, begin. Um, can we talk a little bit about uh, gun legislation? Uh, you know, the, the shooting here in Texas was just horrible, as they all are. Um, Beto is now saying that he's talking to Texans who just say, I want to give up my AR. I mean, I don't I don't know a single Texan that would say that. But OK, if that's what you want to do, um, are, are we are is the state of Texas firm on the Second Amendment? So what I would say to somebody that wants to give up their AR, I'd say, go ahead. Yeah, me no too. One's stopping, no one's stopping you. That's the the whole point. And, and, you know, we all know that the Second Amendment was put in place because the founders didn't trust the federal government. They didn't trust the government that they were creating, and they wanted the citizens to have the ability to, to fight back if they ever had to. So I I feel like things are solid in, in Texas. Um, certainly when you have several shootings in a row, people start clamoring for, for sure. solutions. And, sure. and, I, and I'm there for trying to come up with solutions. We're, we're working on solutions. But taking away guns from law-abiding citizens to me makes so little sense i mean this guy these guys that walk into you know walmarts or, or churches and shoot people and murder people are not going to follow any gun law no. it just defies common sense right and it's not we're not we're not looking into i don't know if you've seen that uh series on netflix mind hunter but it's about the FBI guys that that originally went in and said, hey, we need to talk to the serial killers. And everybody said, why? No, you're just trying to excuse them. No, we're trying to understand them so we can predict. Nobody's talking about actually what's happening in the lives of these kids. They're just saying, take the guns away, take the guns away. Wait a minute. We, we should be looking at what is causing this. These guns have been around for decades and we didn't have this problem. So what is causing it? No, I think that's a, a great point. And I think that's something we, we ought to be doing research on, on these people. We ought to be looking at countries that have, have dealt with this issue. We ought to be looking at maybe even states that have been more successful and find out what is actually working where and, and try to, you know, not reinvent the wheel, but try to follow practices that that help us. Look, we're in a world that's not perfect and and there's always going to be evil people, and there have been since the beginning of time. We're not going to be able to perfectly stop this. But if we put people in a position, say in the Walmart in, in my state, had there been somebody with a weapon, um, apparently there was a guy throwing Coke cans at him to slow him down, and he yeah. got shot twice. But Coke cans are not going to you know, slow a shooter down too much. So had there been somebody that could have reacted more quickly, we could have saved lots of lives. Ken, thank you so much. Uh, my best to the, uh, uh, to the governor. Uh, and uh, keep up the good work. God bless. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Ken Paxton, right. Attorney General um, of the great state of Texas. That guy is relentless. Uh, they both are. Yeah, uh, just they're, relentless. They're great. Hey, had you heard the story of the guy that yeah. threw Coke cans at him? Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Throwing that's Coke what cans. you're told to do all the time is throw things at him. Yeah, well, and the guy got shot. He does, and he gets shot. Right. Instead, oh, if geez. he would have not had a Coke can, if he could How have just a gun? reached behind his back right. and pulled out a gun, he could have shot the guy. Right. I mean, that that's what people just don't understand. And they think mm. because in the 70s we went to this first responder mentality, 
That that's something that came into the 1970s. Wait for the first responders. No, Americans always knew you had to take care of it yourself. If you, you could. were the first responder. Mm-hmm. You had a responsibility. Uh, you know, you didn't. You don't. You didn't wait on the plane for them to crash into the Capitol or the Pentagon or the White House. They were the first responders. And you got to do what you can do. That guy was a first responder. He was just ill-armed and outmatched. And people just, they don't trust people with guns. They don't trust guns. They see a gun and so many people freak out. It's a gun, man. It's laying on the desk or it's, you know, wherever. And it's all secure. But they freak out. I don't even want to touch it. Mm -hmm. Okay, a, a healthy fear of a firearm is good. That's not a healthy fear. Oh, I, I don't. Can you move that gun? That's not a healthy fear. Our sponsor. Our sponsor this uh, half hour is uh, Norton. Norton VPN. I have to tell you, I did an interview yesterday, and we put it up on YouTube uh, with, um, what's his name, Robert uh, Epstein. Uh, he is a, a, a psychiatrist or psychologist that has been studying behavior and behavioral studies for a long time, and he's the guy leading the, 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 the road on Google and what Google is actually doing. And I have to tell you, this podcast comes out next week. Uh, it is terrifying, literally terrifying. This guy is a reasonable researcher who said to me right before we went on the air, you know, it was bothersome when I first started. He said, and I have been frightened over the last year. He said, 2020, I'm terrified of what's coming in 2020. People don't understand how powerful Google is and what they're doing and how they're manipulating all of us. The thing you have to do is stop giving them information. They are building a digital model of you. Stop giving them that information. And the best way to do that and to protect yourself also from hacking and everything else is a Norton Secure VPN. This is bank-grade technology. It it will stop Google from getting any information on you or your family. Uh, It will stop people from being able to follow you in and stealing stuff from you. Norton.com slash VPN. It starts at about 3.33. You just download an app. You put in the password one time, and now every time that you use your phone or your iPad, it goes through a VPN, which is basically a secure tunnel that no one can see what's going on in. It's Norton.com slash VPN. Go there now, Norton.com slash VPN. We break for 10 seconds, Station ID. All right. We have uh, Nick DiPaolo on here in uh, just a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, the comedian? View. Yeah, get his view. You know, you, you mentioned uh, that he was really funny, and I checked him out on YouTube because I, I wasn't familiar with him. Oh, did you get Ooh, my warning? We not in time. No, <laughs> no not in no, time. not in time. Yeah, he is. Uh, he'll melt your face off. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> but he's funny. He is very funny. But, but he'll melt your face off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did you, 
Did you watch that and go, how is this guy? Yeah, how is he able to keep doing how this? How is he surviving? Because most comedians who say that kind of stuff uh, don't. They don't <laughs> no, last. They're, no. They're just gone. Right. And he is, I mean, he's made his uh, his special uh, for free. And I think he's doing it, A, because he wants to get the wow. word out. Um, but B, he knows. I mean, nobody's going to nobody's gonna put him on because he's a conservative. Yeah, you notice he's not on Netflix. Yeah, you notice <laughs> you that? Might, yeah, you and might notice funny. that. I mean, the guy is, when, when Jon Stewart left his last night, he said, I can't wait to get back to real comedy and being on the road with people like Nick DiPaolo. Really? Oh yeah. No, he wow. he wrote he's wow. written for Chris Rock. I mean, he's uh. the guy who wrote a lot of these great uh comedy routines for people. Seriously though, this isn't some this isn't something you want to play for the kids. Uh, no, no. No. <laughs> you you might not want to play it for yourself. Yeah, it's really it's, it's rough stuff. It is. He's 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 he uses foul language uh-huh. uh, a lot. And super like Graphic. super politically incorrect oh. stuff. I mean <laughs> like politically incorrect in 1975. It makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah, you watch it and you're like, it's it's like watching a train wreck, isn't it? It is like you're that. watching it and you're like, and you, you want to turn it off, but you is, can't. You can't. You can't because <laughs> you're like, I want to look away, but I got to see what else he does. Yeah, here. you can't look away from it, and it's. And yeah. you're just, it's slow motion. You're like, don't say <laughs> that. <laughs> and he, he says does. it. He says it. Yeah. It's a little different for, uh, like, Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle, because he's more toward the left. And so the things he's saying, while they're sort of politically incorrect, they're not far-right things. Like, uh, well, this isn't far-right. This is just a guy who just grew up you know, talking smack about right. people. And he's doing, still doing it. And he's still doing it. Despite That's the, the fact th- that the, all the rules have changed. Correct. He doesn't he's care. He's still doing what <laughs> others would have done 15 years ago. He yeah. just hasn't stopped. He doesn't care. And and that's what makes it, I think, so jarring. Because you're not used to it anymore. You realize it's been a long time since anybody has said things like this. far away we are from who we used to be. Yeah. We're not uh, even in the same solar system. Yeah. And, and, but he's still talking. I mean, he's not doing like old jokes. He's, it's, it is today. It's a commentary on today. Yeah. And he doesn't care. <laughs> he really doesn't. He doesn't care. So if you listen to him on, uh, you know, on our show, we've had him on a couple of times. Uh, yeah, you should be prepared. Uh, wow. He says things that people don't say. Yeah, I think you can find him at nickdip.com. You can find the, the, uh, the special there it's free you can also find him on youtube he's there as well i think it has like a million views or something like well, that he's yeah. got a lot and it's yeah. and it's just, it's free and uh and <laughs> and not something that you uh you see all the time in fact, see ever california banned uh tax-funded trips to iowa over their transition law they're not going to pay for people's transition their sexual transition from mm. from male to female or female to male and because of that, California is not allowing any other politicians uh, to travel to California. And and Ohio is saying and Ohio is saying yay, good, yes, thank you, right. And uh, I, there's mean, eleven. What can we do that would stop politicians from California <laughs> exactly coming to right. Texas? Eleven states are on this list now, and the other thirty nine are applying, uh, trying to say, hey, how do we? How can we piss you off so you won't come here either? No, is there no, no, any so, way we can keep all Californians out? So how much is it worth 
to you for me to ask Nick DiPaolo about that? <laughs> I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> you give me I'll a dollar. Give you a dollar. I'm yeah. wondering if it. I'm wondering <laughs> how he could possibly talk about that in a way that would be acceptable. Hey, it would be fun to see. <laughs> It'd be fun to find out. Well, a little dangerous yeah, uh, to, to see as uh, well. I can't believe I don't have a responsibility to transition you. Right. I don't have I, that responsibility. Yeah. I don't have to pay for that. If you want right. to transition you, go ahead. Go. Why am I it? paying Save for up. it? Right. I can't believe that there are that there is a state, a whole state of people that say, no, that's that's the right thing. It's unbelievable. We should we should all pay for that. Are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Nick DiPaolo coming up next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, right now is the best time to be alive. It really is. No matter what problems, no matter what class you're living in, I'm telling you, this is the best time to be alive as a human. And if you're listening in the United States of America, You're a double lottery winner. Go ahead. Tell me a time that you think was better than this. With all of our problems, the pace of technological change, however, is coming, and it's going to start building faster and faster and faster. It helps us. It's great, but it also works against us in some ways. Let me show you some way that it really helps you. Simply safe. Take-home monitoring to the next level, and then four levels beyond that. Simply Safe's glass break sensors can tell the difference now between a window breaking and a plate smashing. You can test it for yourself if you have some old plates, but I don't recommend it. Their motion sensors are so sensitive they can tell the difference between a pet and a human. It is a great time to live because this is only $15 a month in uh, in monitoring. There are no contracts. You own the system. And when you go to simplysafebeck.com to buy the system, you get a free HD security camera. High definition. Simplysafebeck.com. See Glenn, Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder, and me, Pat Gray, all in one location. Promo code Glenn for $10 off at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You are about to meet an endangered species, a comedian without a filter. We're hoping he continues to have one on this program. Welcome, Nick DiPaolo. He is the host of the Nick DiPaolo Show. Uh, and you can find that at nickdip.com, nickdip.com. Uh, his show airs uh, every day, 11 a.m. Eastern. Welcome, Nick. How are you? Good. How you doing, Glenn? Oh, That's my sad God. day today. The sad day? I fired my, yeah, I fired my life coach. He's you <laughs> you did. So why yeah. you fire me? I said, look, my you're like forty games under five hundred. Look at my career. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. How are you doing with the smoking? I know that because uh, you were vaping for a while, right, to stop smoking. Yeah, yeah. My friends kept saying, you know, uh, why don't you try one of those e-cigarettes? And I'm like, well, I'd look more manly with a sex toy in my mouth. That's why I want to do that. <laughs> Who, want, who wants a cigarette with steam coming off the end of it? What am I going to do, your vegetables later? Hey, Bill, got a wrinkle in your pants? But, uh, yeah, I'm doing both now. I don't know which one's more harmful, so now I'm doing both. I'm, <laughs> it's not supposed I'm to go so- that way, Nick. I don't know if you know that. It, it's supposed know, to be, yeah, you vape and then you stop vaping. <laughs> 
but they're trying to scare. Well, the new thing, the new campaign, as far as smoking, is sitting is the new smoking, Glenn. I don't know if you know that. Uh, in other words, sitting is as bad for you as smoking. If that's true, Stephen Hawking would have died 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy must have been a three-carton-a-day guy. You know? I, I, I found a new black hole in my couple of Nick, go ahead. I enjoy, I enjoy a good uh, a good smoke, and uh, I just started smoking a year and a half ago. And my friend's like, why would you start at this age? I said, why would you start in your 20s so you could have cancer in your 40s? I'm timing it out. <laughs> <laughs> if a doctor tells me I have cancer in 25 years, I'm going to kiss him on the forehead. <laughs> Do you see many happy 80-year-old guys out there? They all have that look on their face. I wish I smoked when I was a kid. You know? so, do you, do, so do you have a problem with the, the whole stop the vaping thing i mean these kids that are dying from it are not doing anything legal in the, they're not they're not buying the actual vaping products they're doing something illegal well yeah i mean if you put heroin into a bong i'm pretty sure it's gonna hurt you, you know what <laughs> right, I mean? right exactly <laughs> right and by the way the flavors are delicious and and, and leave the kids alone you have vanilla root beer i mean uh I don't even eat dessert anymore. I just vape after I have a fork up. You know, uh, Nick, there's a couple of stories that I'd like to get your uh, take on. First, uh, Shane Gillis. He's the guy who was hired by Saturday Night Live. Then they yes. found a video, two videos of him, you know, hanging out on this podcast with his friend, uh, just, yeah. saying, just saying, quote, vile things, end quote. Right. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, uh, it's funny. I, I direct message him on Twitter. And I said, look, I don't know you. I don't know your material, but that's not the point. Keep your chin up. This is about free speech. And then he he uh, emailed me back and he said, well, I opened for you in a comedy club in Magoobies in, in Baltimore two years ago. In <laughs> so Magoobies? No memory. Yeah, that's the name of it, Magoobies. Yeah. yeah. I think I did that right after skid marks in Buffalo. But, uh, <laughs> but. But uh, my take on that is it's typical NBC, typical Lorne Michaels, typical SNL. They're the biggest hypocrites in the world. They have Alec Baldwin on there for the last two years. Every minute is Alec Baldwin. This guy, Alec Baldwin, actually called a black journalist a coon and a crackhead, yet he still does the show. They, uh, mm. I, I bring up Tracy Morgan, who, when his wife was pregnant, said, if I have a son and it's gay, I'm going to kill it. He hosted the show within the last year. And, mm. and now they're going to have Eddie Murphy on December 21st. And nobody has made the word more popular than Eddie Murphy's albums. So they're complete hypocrites. Uh, the only thing Shane Gillis could be guilty of is being unoriginal. But it was on a podcast that 11 people are going to hear. And again, I'm going to say this again. Till Please don't make, it it. The, don't make it the second F word. Don't say that one again. But go ahead. <laughs> Did I say an F word? Yeah, you did. The second F word, not the f real F word, oh, but the oh, new oh, F word. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, that's all right. But even in context, I'm... Uh, I know, I my, know, my, I know. My point is, it was an easy call for NBC because he's a straight white Irish guy. So it's a no-brainer. I, I don't want to hear anymore how, how fearless uh, black, gay uh, women comedian are. Uh, political correctness does not get them canned. Chappelle will be just fine, and he's a hero of mine, by the way, and he should be. But but there's only uh, the truly edgy comics, uh, older white guys, 57. I love how you referred to my special as a train wreck. Well, there's a ringing in the <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I said it's like watching a train. It's very, very <laughs> funny, but it is well, like my... watching. You just know somebody's going to die in the <laughs> end. <laughs> well, my, my nickname is Amtrak, so you, you weren't that far off, to be honest. Uh, you know, but uh, just people get that straight. Okay. And, and and I appreciate you bringing up John Stewart, who loves me. Yeah. And I have a bunch of liberal comics who love me. So uh, what I'm saying isn't stuck in 1970. This is how people talked in, in 2016 when they voted for Trump. I will continue to do so until Google knocks on my door. And then, then we'll have a showdown with my guns. But do you know anybody else, Nick, that does what you do? Do you know anybody else that has just not batted an eye at what everybody is saying you can and can't say. Yes, there's an 85-year-old Gambino member. Talks <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly no, right. Exactly, good point. exactly right. I don't watch other comics, so you, 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 might be, uh, you, you might be right. By the way, I just saw Mitch McConnell on TV. Yeah. Somebody should have put an amber alert out for his chin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me ask you, let me go back to Eddie Murphy for a second. What yeah. happened to that guy? He was like everywhere and then gone. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe some of the some of the homophobic stuff caught up to him. I don't know. But he made zillions of dollars and he's hosting. And, and like I said, there's a double standard there that makes me sick. But he saved SNL. Uh, Lorne Michaels, I'll tell you, when it was really the dumps, the sixth season, Lorne Michael had quit himself. That's how bad it was. And they hired Eddie Murphy, so, you know, they said he saved the show. Uh, then he did some bad movies where he was talking to animals and yeah, stuff. No, and, that was uh, bad. That was, yeah, that I was mean, not a... He's, taken, he's reading the same scripts as Robert De Niro, apparently. Yeah. But, uh... So let me uh, let me ask you this. How, it, how psychologically difficult is it to be Eddie Murphy and then Eddie Murphy today and think about a, I mean, a comeback? Um, I don't know if it's that he's super, super famous. And again, he's black and he's rich. I don't know if it's that, uh, can I just say this about Eddie Murphy? I got another thing I to don't tell know. you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can say it. No, but if you're asking if you could say it, cause you're not sure. I think the answer should be no, 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 no. <laughs> this, this proves that I have street cred, uh, Reddit. I'm sure you're familiar with Reddit. Somebody, mm. Chris Rock posted something and somebody put it on Reddit. Chris Rock was being interviewed and he said, there's a white guy out there who I absolutely love. And he says, uh, me and Arsenio Hall love this guy. Definitely a racist. So I see this thing and I, uh, I, I call uh, Chris Rock. I go, were you talking about re- me? And he goes, damn straight to follow. And, and he, and he, said, <laughs> he goes, but it gets better. He goes, you know where we were? He says, we went, we went at, uh, he was at um, Eddie Murphy's house or Arsenio Hall's house. Jamie Foxx was there and uh, a couple other famous black comics who said they absolutely loved me. So I don't know, you know. But I, they I'm also say you're a racist. Isn't that a little disturbing? No, because it's coming out of them. Do you really think they like white people? Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Chris Rock loved me. I go, I'm not crazy about you either, man. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I used to bring up ideas and pitch meetings. I'd have 11 black people staring at me. <laughs> but, uh, but I absolutely love Chris Rock, and that was my favorite job. And, and But the point is, I get famous black people who are f- rich and famous, and the comedians who absolutely love me for the same reason you do. 
Um, <laughs> let me. Uh, on my back. <laughs> let me. Uh, let me. Let me switch uh, subjects. I, I've got time for one more thing that I. I'd love to hear your opinion on. There's a story out today that is slightly different, but it. Somebody called me about a month ago and said, "Hey, you know these emotional support animals. You know, wait until they put horses on uh, aircrafts." And I said, "Don't laugh. That's about to happen." And it did. Where this woman yeah. brought an emotional support pony, and yes. she didn't have to buy the extra seat. The person sitting next to her had the pony face on their lap the whole time, which is, you're if you're fat, you got to buy two seats. The pony gets oh. on, no, not a problem. There's well, a- you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sat next to people that are bigger than Shetland ponies. So I don't know how this, but, but, uh, but this emotional support that I saw a woman on my last flight, two people had emotional support cats. Okay. Can you name another animal on the planet? That's more, uh, emotionally detached. Flat? Yeah. More emotionally unavailable than a cat. <laughs> you, you could be committing suicide on your kitchen floor and the cat would walk through your blood to make sure there was some meow mix involved. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you kidding me? An emotional support cat? And uh, yeah, the lady has three emotional support monkeys. Yeah. And the neighbors, they're dangerous. Usually, I, I'm not a litigious guy. They want to sue her. I'm with the neighbors. I am scared of those monkeys. I did the Okay, movie, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me give the story. A Missouri yeah. woman is fighting to keep three monkeys, she says, help her cope with her post-traumatic stress disorder after her neighbors have expressed concern that her monkeys are dangerous. Uh, I believe in the rule of law, if they are considered a dangerous animal, can carry something as nasty as hepatitis, they shouldn't be here. Um, she says this is the only thing that helps her through her day are the three emotional support monkeys yes um i am just i am frightened of monkeys i mean after that thing in connecticut remember that lady i live there i live there this woman uh Are they your monkeys no they weren't my monkeys i wish they were my monkeys um, but i would have selectively targeted um so this woman had a monkey it gets out it was a chimp gets out tears the face off of this this neighbor woman literally tears her face off she is so badly damaged she's had to have surgery after surgery after surgery and she still uh is oh yeah she looked like she looks like a football that tom brady let the air of i just saw a picture of her (laughs) it's it's Mm. horrible but let me say, if you're relying on a monkey, an animal that's known for chronic masturbation and flinging feces at each other, you got bigger problems than your neighbor. <laughs> Nick DiPaolo, thank you so much. Nick DiPaolo from NickDip.com. He's got a podcast every day you can listen to. He is, he is very politically incorrect. Uh, but, uh, well, I think he would say, but black people love him. Oh, boy, that's trouble. <laughs> nickdip.com all right uh let's see our sponsor this half hour is american financing nothing more nothing better than being able to own your own home well i mean until it starts to break down and then you have to remodel or whatever and then it becomes a nightmare and let's not talk about that owning your first home owning your own home there's a dream home out there that you've been waiting for now may be the right time. I want to make sure that you understand the financial situation that the world is on the brink of. So don't get yourself into uh, stupid situations. And when you're looking for a mortgage, boy, banks will love to. 
They'd love to have your home as an asset. Mortgage, if you have a mortgage now over 4%, or if you're stuck in a variable rate loan, you should call American Financing and get a mortgage review. Ten minutes on the phone could save you tens of thousands of dollars over the term of your loan. It's a great time in our economy right now uh, to be looking for refinance operations uh, or options. And if you are looking to buy your own home, the same people I will recommend, AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. Get your financial house in order. Look at all of your options and do it with people who are not working for the bank. They work for you. AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenbeck Program. Uh, wow. Uh, so uh, where uh, uh, did your uh, eyebrows melt? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Mine burst into flame. Yeah, and, and I don't but have see, them you know what? I I <laughs> I talk to people that I disagree with yeah. all the time. I talk to. I spent the day yesterday with this guy who literally said to me, "Hey, can I get a picture with the two of us for my my family and my kids?" And I said, "Sure, but dude, don't lie." And he said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Your kids and your family." do n- they're not fans of mine and he without <laughs> blinking he went no they're not uh in fact and then he kind of looked up like he was thinking and he went fact no one in my family i think it is safe to say absolutely no one in my family would like you <laughs> so, oh, okay good. all right well let's get a picture Great. i don't know what you're going to do with it but uh <laughs> congratulations i like talking to people who are brave yeah and have different things to say and especially Peace. when it comes to comedy, mm-hmm. he is funny. He's funny. Do I agree with everything he just said? No. no. I, I mean, I don't think I understand his, his uh, come on, you think black people really like you? Well, in my particular case, no, I don't. But, but that's more your political, uh, my political, political persuasion thing. rather than the color of your skin. Right, right. And, yeah. uh, you know, but. He's got a different opinion on that, and I don't even know yeah. how much of that is comedy and how much of that is true, you know? Yeah, you but he, he still lets the words fly, and nobody else does. Because even yeah. quoting somebody, like I, he said, in context, you still don't say it, even if you're quoting somebody else who yeah, said it. Yeah, and I had a problem, you know, I have a problem with that. Uh, yeah. He didn't even notice that he said that, I don't think. Um, he didn't think it was a problem because he was right. using it in context and talking about Eddie Murphy and what. Mm-hmm. You know, the words he made famous. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, still, I, you know, we have different standards on the program. We don't want to uh, use that uh, just because we're a broadcast facility. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's fascinating, though. You know, Eddie Murphy hasn't suffered for that at all. And that was 30 years ago, but it didn't matter that Brett Kavanaugh touched somebody 40 years ago. Or didn't. Or didn't touch didn't somebody. touch somebody 40 years ago. Right. But I... I I, I'm anxious to see what Eddie Murphy has to say. Of course, not on Saturday Night Live, but yeah, if yeah. he's coming back and starting his comedy routine again, I'd I'd be interested be to see what he has to say. Yeah. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is just fantastic. If you are in pain, I want you to try this. Relief Factor is a, it's not a drug, it's a, it's a natural uh, remedy, if you will, that, that um, comes down and reduces all of the inflammation in your body. That is one of the biggest problems we have. Inflammation can lead to all kinds of problems, but it is the leading problem for pain. Your body is trying to heal something and it gets inflamed. If you take Relief Factor, 70% of the people who try it find relief from their pain. And I mean long-time relief from long-time pain. Please just try it. My wife told me, you know, I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore unless you at least try this. And so I did. And it changed my life. I've been taking it for 18 months. I take it every day. Just try a three-week quick start and see if it works for you. It's only $19.95, dollar a day. It's a trial pack. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month, just like I do, because it works. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I want to talk to you about the two million burglaries that are reported every year. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have security. I mean, burglaries are happening all the time. And I think the reason why people don't have a security system in their home is because the security companies suck. They got all kinds of, you, you've got people coming into your house. They're going to drill holes in your wall. Hello, Mr. 1972. That's why Simply Safe is just tearing this business apart. It is growing so incredibly fast, and it is the best in industry. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, no drilling holes or stringing wires. Around the clock monitoring is $15 a month, and you can cancel any time. When other home security systems are triggered, police assume it's a false alarm and it goes to the bottom of the list. But with using Simply Safe and their video verification technology, they can visually confirm that the break in is happening. And that gets the police there from 45 minutes instead to seven minutes. Simply Safe. They have a huge deal going on right now at simplysafe.com slash Glenn. You'll get a free HD security camera when you order. It's a $100 value, and you'll get the 24-7 monitoring and video evidence if somebody's trying to get into your house. So get your free HD security camera at simplysafe.com slash Glenn. That's simplysafe.com slash Glenn. So what is what's happening with Iran? Are we going to strike them very bad? Are we going to hit them with uh, some sort of cyber hit? Also very bad. Or are we just going to ignore it? Mm, really bad. We're in this great position where we've got three really bad options. What is it the United States is going to do? What does it mean? And why in the world? It makes no sense when you have Iran with all of their proxies where they can launch all kinds of hits all over the world. Why would they launch missiles from Iran that we could track and hit the the oil refineries in Saudi Arabia? Well, it actually makes a lot of sense 
if you really understand how Iran works. I'm beginning to think that no one in the media really understands how Iran works. I'll explain in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Presidential election is right around the bend, and uh, the Democratic candidates are fighting among themselves now to establish the pecking order from which will eventually come the primary candidate who will challenge Donald Trump. All of that means it is extremely likely that we'll be facing down socialism in a very real way in next year's election. If Elizabeth Warren becomes president of the United States, what does that do to the free world and the free market? What does that do? If she is even the candidate... Do you think the markets will start to protect themselves? Do you think banks will be loaning money? Because she has said she's going to break up the big banks. So what does all of this mean? While we're talking about politics, who's watching your savings? May I highly suggest that you look in spreading out your risk. We don't know what's coming from one day to the next. Gold or silver can play a very important role in a destabilized world. And we are becoming more and more destabilized uh, every day. By the way, you have the latest poll numbers, don't you, Pat? Yes. Give me the latest poll numbers. Is this the latest on the Democratic primary? Uh, you want them all or just the yeah, top just four? Yeah, just give me the top four or five. Okay. If, uh, at number one is Joe Biden, 26%. Mm-hmm. No, 31%. Yeah. Uh, number two is Elizabeth Warren, who went from 19 to 25%, so she's up six points. Uh, at number three, you got Bernie at 14. That's and, down. And that's down yeah. a lot. And uh, then you got, you've got at, num- at number four, you got Buttigieg. 7%? 7%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're starting to coalesce. It's either going to be Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren. Uh, what, is, what is that going to mean for your financial security? Please consider calling Goldline right now. Call them and find out if gold or silver is right for you and your family. This is the stabilizing factor. Don't buy ETFs or anything else, in my opinion. Call Goldline now at 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure gold is right for you. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. So how does it make sense? Why would anyone do what they did to Saudi Arabia in Iran? This is the question that you're hearing, if you're hearing any talk about Iran and Saudi Arabia and us possibly responding. The Iranians, we said we were going to respond with Saudi Arabia. The Iranians said, bring it on. We're ready. Now, yesterday... The reason why we said we're locked and loaded is because Saudi Arabia presented evidence. Mike Pompeo flew last night. He got there this morning and he met with the Saudis uh, and he looked at their evidence, shared it with the president, shared it with our um, intelligence members. uh, And then he got on a plane and he flew to the United Arab Emirates. So something is going on. Saudi Arabia, we'll get an update here in just a minute. Saudi Arabia just did a press conference. It was all in um, Arabic, so we're having to have it translated. 
but they presented this evidence of of how they know it came from uh, Iran. Why would you do that? Because you're leaving the it's a smoking gun. You would do it if you want war. Now, I, 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 it baffles the people in the mainstream media and foreign policy experts and and uh, those who study geopolitics like it's an unsolvable math problem. But the experts and the academics that analyze these things are missing the point because they live in their egghead world. Saturday's attack on Saudi Arabia, it doesn't make sense if you live in that world. It doesn't make sense that the attacks were launched inside Iran because we were close. I mean, Donald Trump was going to maybe go back and they're doing this. Why would they possibly do that? Well, it doesn't fit the uh, geopolitical equation. And yes, there is an equation. How many times have you heard foreign leaders say, we're going to reset with, uh, you know, Russia or whoever. We're going to reset. Really? Bush did that with Russia. Obama said that. Hillary did that. Trump did that. The inevitable truth is that some countries are not going to get along with us. Their interests are permanently and diametrically opposed to us. The experts know this, but politicians always promise the opposite. And usually politicians are lying, and everybody knows that. But we seem to think that we think in the West like the Iranian mullahs. If you thought ISIS was the first modern-day terror group to create a full-fledged nation-state, you're wrong. It's happened before. And the caliphate is something that people have been dreaming of for a very long time because in their book of Revelation, if you will, in their end times story, they have one, too, and it ends differently than ours. In fact, it is the exact opposite of the book of Revelation. And the people have been trying to bring this along for a long time, and they've been trying to develop this caliphate. In 1979, terrorists in Iran seized power and committed perhaps the largest robbery in history. It was the theft of an entire country. The leader was the Ayatollah Khomeini. He was influenced by the founders of modern-day Islamic terrorism. He translated all of the works of the former Muslim Brotherhood leadership into Persian. The radical Islamic scholars that influenced him are the same scholars that influenced Osama bin Laden. Now, here are some of of Khomeini's favorite pastimes. Listening to broadcasts from the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. Why is that a problem? Because the Grand Mufti wasn't broadcasting from Jerusalem. He was speaking from a radio tower in Ziesen, Germany. Hitler... And the Nazis had the Mufti, who had fled to Germany for asylum. He was preaching anti-Jewish and jihadist propaganda directly to the Muslims living in the Middle East. And Khomeini was an avid listener. Now, this is the man that created modern-day Iran. Now, here's the thing. The Ayatollah Khomeini said, okay, there's one sect that we can't, we have to rule out. They're, they're Shias, yes, but they're so damn crazy. The guy who was spoon-fed Nazi propaganda and then regurgitated it 
the guy who is listening to that every day, he said there's one group of people that are too crazy and we have to abolish this sect. We can never allow them to be in the government. And those are the Shia Twelvers that believe that the 12th imam fell down in a well, has been hiding in that well until the end times come. Now, that seems absolutely nuts to you and me. It doesn't matter. Do they believe it? Do they believe it? This is the way the country of Iran operates. They have a clerical regime that runs Iran. This is this clerical. It's a it's a it's a bunch of people that are on the assembly of experts. Oh, that sounds very, very socialist, doesn't it? There's 80 of them in total, and they're all Islamic scholars, and they they all have religious credentials that match the founders of the Islamic regime, except they're Twelvers. They, yes, they are Shias, but they are also Twelvers. They believe in the end times, and their job is to hasten the return of the promised one. They're radicals beyond anything the world has ever seen. They never challenge or criticize the Ayatollah. And the Ayatollah is exactly what the name is meant to say. It's the absolute supreme leader. There's no questioning. He controls everything. He controls the military to the elite Republican Guard. He is the elected president is under his direct supervision, the supreme leader. He is solely responsible for directing the economy, the president. He has no control over the military, no control of the Republican Guard. Yes, the president is elected by the people, but only after he's vetted and approved by the supreme leader. If someone becomes the president of Iran, he's not a moderate. Hey, Ben Rhodes, not a moderate. Rouhani, no, he was approved by the supreme leader. Rouhani was one of the six candidates that was personally approved to run for president. They narrowed it down a little bit. They took it from 700 cap, uh, candidates to six. This is who's running the show uh, over there. And their nuclear program began under Rouhani. This is the guy who's currently the president. He was their National Security Council uh, head between 89 and 2003. So he's the guy who started the nuclear program. Uh, again, I'd just like to point out to Ben Rhodes, not a moderate. But I don't think he's the one who ordered this hit. I think it's actually the mullahs that hit this, that, uh, that, that went for this hit. And here's why. If you're a 12th, if you're a 12er and you believe in the 12th imam, the, um, the mullahs have been telling the people that they are in touch with the 12th imam. I don't know how, but they're in touch with the 12th imam. And the 12th imam is coming back soon and is directing them. Now, the way to hasten his return is to wash the world in blood and vaporize Jerusalem and, uh, or Israel. Well, you need a bomb. If Rouhani is actually thinking about meeting with, with Donald Trump, the clerics don't want that. The clerics want to wash the world in blood. So what is better than absolute and total chaos? If and when anyone strikes Iran, they will respond. And they're not going to respond in, in conventional ways. 
The good news is the people are with us. I mean, I don't know if they believe we only have 12 years to live because of climate change. But I don't think the average person on the street, in fact, I know they don't, they don't believe that the 12th Imam is on his way here and all will bow or they will lose their heads. That's what's really happening. We get uh, back into that and get some additional update here in just a second. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, I'll tell you, there is, there is nothing worse. And I think of my dad all the time. My dad said, ever since I was a kid, he said, someday I'm going to retire and I'm going to play golf every day. And by the time he retired, he was so crippled up, he couldn't play golf. And don't wait. Don't wait. I've wanted to take painting lessons and learn how to paint my whole life. I've, I'm self-taught. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and then my hands started to go, and I, my hands shook so much and, and with so much pain, I couldn't, I couldn't paint. Now I can because I'm taking Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. Please just try it and get your life back. 1-800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 10-second break for Station ID. All right, welcome back to the uh, Glenn. Glenn Beck program. Glenn, hey. Hello. Hey, Glenn. Yes, hello. Yeah, hi, this is Mohammed Ibn al-Hassan al-Mahdi here. You know, the, the 12th Imam you've been talking about? You're the 12th Imam. Right. Look, I'm just channeling myself into your frequency right now because, uh, frankly, I'm sick of all your lies. You're sick of the, You're the 12th Imam. And the you're, 12th Imam. You're contacting right. us from the well. Yes, I'm channeling myself. Uh, I have that power. Right. As the 12th By the way, can I just clear something up here? Yes. I am not the 12th Imam in those photos with Ilan Omar and her dad. <laughs> right, that's it, not... It's just a coincidence. It's a coincidence. I'm, okay. I'm pictured with her and her dad. That's just a guy <laughs> whose nickname is the 12th Imam. <laughs> right. Oh, that's all that is. Okay, all right, good. Still, listen, Thank I you. heard you with that Apollo guy. Yes. Well, you got to stop that. You, right. you, you can't have him on anymore. Uh, you, you don't like Nick DiPaolo. Because no, if you don't, I mean, I look, I don't like to make threats, but your blood will run like the River Nile in the streets, and buzzards will pick at your disgusting <laughs> right, okay. fat carcass. All right, thank you. I, I appreciate that. We'll take that under advisement. So uh, uh, so you've been in the well for... Uh, for a while now. For a while now. Yeah. And you are the 12th. Right. I don't know, not that I know there's a difference between the other... No, I... Let me tell you the story, if I could. Okay. All right? Keep it short. Uh, because I was in, I'm in that well in Samaria that uh, I fell into back when I was four years old. You fell in four uh, years old. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm the 12th mom. I don't fall. Right, okay. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. My mom actually uh, put me down the well. Your mom put you in the well. I still remember that beautiful morning when she said to me, sweetie, you'll be safe down here. I'll be right back to right. pull you back up. Right. And so she, she gave me a tuna fish sandwich and a falafel, and she lowered me down. I've been there ever since. You really that year was uh, that was back in eight seventy three eight seventy three and you and you've survived this whole time on that tuna fish sandwich 
Right. And falafel. Yeah, I, I've just been pacing myself, you know, little bites yeah. at a time. Right. Uh, but look, safety first. The tuna fish sandwich has not been in the sun. Okay. All right. So it's uh, uh, so yeah. it's good. All right. Yeah. But, so uh, so so what have you been working on that whole time? Oh, I, I, I've been doing a lot of stuff down here. I've been mm. working on free universal Fidel Healthcare. In, in Fidel Healthcare? Yes. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, it's, it's shocking that you're aware of. Uh, the, well, I'm aware of virtually everything. Right. Uh, I am the twelfth mom, after all. Well, yeah. But the universal infidel health care includes, let's say you have a brain tumor. Yeah, okay. We cure that by cutting your head off. Okay. Uh, All right. Like, what if you have combination skin or the heartbreak of psoriasis? Right. You we cut just, your head off. You cut your the Now, women's birth control health care is a little bit different. Okay. First, we flog you, and then we cut your head off. All right. Okay. So that sounds, you know, like uh, something that, you know... Um, is interesting uh, right. for the Middle East. It's, uh, it's really so. Good. You're going to come back out of the well, and you're going to introduce universal health care. Is that? I well, mean, is, yes, among other things. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that you were up to speed on what what's. Well, here's the thing. Uh, back in '07, mm-hmm. uh, some clumsy moron dropped an iPhone down here. Right. And, uh, so I've been able to follow along with some of the stuff that's been going on. <laughs> really? Yeah. Following it, the twelfth mom. You can speak to me from the well. Am I not doing that? right now yeah but not what on a, part of this do you not understand well i just think it's amazing and then now you're watching us on a on a cell well, phone well i am and i've been very interested in your uh, in your election campaign he's uh, i'm a big supporter of a lot of those candidates who are running for president right really? now in america really no, like no, no, no. Uh, like uh, who you who you a big fan of oh, I, i'm loving that beto guy you, I, yeah i you, you know what i think he should do i think right. he should hell yes he should take your guns right and he shouldn't stop at ar15s and ak47s he should take them all yeah take them all that would be good for america that'd be great for america you'd be a lot safer right no, would be we? a lot safer. Would we? Yeah. Wow. Okay, and that's coming right from... So is this this kind of like spiritual advice from the 12th Imam? Yes, it's exactly like spiritual right. advice. Have you, know, you talked to, have you talked to Beto or anybody here in Texas about uh, giving up their gun? Not yet. I don't have very good cell coverage down <laughs> right. here. So, okay. Uh, you know, but okay. I, I've been trying to get a hold of you for a long time. Really? My Imam powers are fading a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you got this whole thing on Iran wrong. Really? Uh, yeah, you really do. So, wait a minute. So, the, the mullahs are not just the, the, that you don't have to worry about them trying to bring you back right. and, uh, and wash the world in blood. Uh, it, it, exactly. Okay. Uh, the, the mullahs, what, mullahs one through six, uh, the imams one through six, uh-huh. uh, they, uh, they, were, uh, they were working on some things that didn't really work out. So I, I had to kill all six of them. <laughs> Wait, I don't think that's what happened to them, but. Yeah, right. a lot of people don't know that story, right. okay. uh, but they do. All right. Anyway, look, I, I've gotten a little bit bored lately, so the other day I channeled into the Iranians, uh-huh. and I said, hey, it's 12 here. Yeah. It's time to start attacking the Israelis. Wait, did you call them on the phone or through this panel, this channeling? Well, I wasn't getting, I only had one bar at the time, so I had to channel. All uh, right, okay. But just then, at the worst possible moment, my channel cut off. Right. And instead of Israelis... I guess they thought I said Saudis. Saudis. Well, next thing you know, right? Old Jeb's a millionaire. <laughs> You're just kidding. That was a little cultural blast from the past there. Yeah, cultural oh, appropriation. Right, right exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Just a friendly reminder for you, though. I am climbing out of this well pretty soon. Right. And uh, when I do, of course, I'll be killing 70 to 80 percent of the world's okay. population. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That is the 12th Imam. Also a believer in climate change, uh, and uh, I hear he is working on some 
some climate change proposals uh, that will be very good for the United States. Pat, welcome yes. uh, to the program. Glad to, to have here. you here. Thank you. Uh, you just missed. It's weird. You just missed the Twelfth uh, Imam. No way. Yeah, really? He, he channeled in. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just uh, a second ago. What are the odds? You know what's weird is how open all of this stuff is, and yet no journalist will ever look into it. I know. Well, we've been talking about the Twelfth Imam for how long? 873 since 873 <laughs> since 873 <laughs> i need a t-shirt the 12th of mom since 873 <laughs> uh but uh that's what's really happening we'll get an update uh on what our government is thinking about doing with iran but we're in a kind of a precarious situation we'll explain coming up in just a second program. All right. If you're either an Ecuadorian or Julian Assange, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. Recently, a cybersecurity firm discovered a treasure trove of personal data, ID, tax ID numbers, birth dates, other information on more than 20 million people, most of them from Ecuador. Uh, this included the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, who uh, was uh, recently living in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. That's got to irritate him. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's not the government. It's a cyber attack. We didn't have protection for that. So if you're not Ecuadorian or Julian Assange, I have more bad news for you. This isn't the last time that this is going to happen. And next time it could happen to you. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats that keeps you informed if and when someone out there is trying to get a hold of or sell your information. If there's a problem, the LifeLock has a U.S.-based restoration team that's going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now, save an extra 10%, use the promo code back at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com, promo code back. Jason Buttrill is uh, with us. He is uh, our chief researcher, and uh, and he also looks at uh, military strategy. He was a military intelligence officer, and uh, and kind of looks at the global uh, shape of what is coming. I don't know if you heard this, but we just had the twelfth Imam on. Who is your booking? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even insane. know how that. I, I apologize. I should have asked him more serious questions, yeah, but seriously. it just came out of the blue. You know. <laughs> I mean, how many shows are going to have the twelfth Imam on today? Probably just probably this probably one. just one. Probably yeah. just yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he hadn't really been booked really since eight seventy three, which is so, a while. Yeah, and yeah, I and I feel around. bad now after it's over because I'm like, you know, <laughs> there's over a thousand years of questions. Eleven hundred. <laughs> 46 years of questions <laughs> that I should have been yeah. asking you. But yeah. anyway, anyway, so, <laughs> what do you mean asking Jason, you? You mean I, asking him? Nah, yeah. Asking him. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just didn't you know his here. preferred pronoun. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> here. <laughs> I should have asked him for the pronoun. <laughs> yes, uh, that would have been good. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jason Batrill is uh, with us now. Jason, uh, you're somebody who has been following Iran uh, with me for a very long time, uh, and did I do I have it right on on what you think maybe is happening? Do, or do we agree with what I I stated earlier about how the twelfth Imam is the driving force behind the radicals at the very top? May, maybe not the politicians and and not the people, 
but the radicals at the top. Definitely not the people. And that, that's the power structure. They say, yeah, but it's a democracy. They voted for Rouhani. Yeah, but no, as no. you pointed out, 700 people rushed out there to say, I want to be president. And because the people want change. We saw yeah. that in 2008 during their massive protests. Mm-hmm. We saw that just last year. It's still going on. 50% inflation and 85% increase in food prices tends to cause people to come out in the streets and say you're doing so, something wrong. Well, they're not coming out in the streets right now because they're just being hammered to death and literally, literally probably hammered to death uh, if they uh, speak out against against the government. Yeah. So I uh, odds mm. that Rouhani knew that the IRC, the IRGC was going to launch something against Saudi Arabia. So it's complicated. I would probably say he didn't know because it seems like it's been like their strategy between their president and their their equivalent of their secretary of state, Javad Zarif, is that they can easily deny these things. Uh, they have no knowledge of them. I don't mm-hmm. think that they do know. In fact, their secretary of state, uh, Zarif, tried to step down a few months ago. And everyone's like, well, what, why is he trying to step down? Well, this came right in the middle of a bunch of their activity from Hezbollah and the other Shiite militias in both Yemen and Iraq doing a lot of activity. And he was going to step down because you can imagine uh, that'd be like if, you know, Pompeo doesn't isn't informed every time, you know, we do a military operation or if we're so kind of like the way it is here. <laughs> yeah. kind of, I didn't know until I got the tweet. <laughs> You're right, right, right. <laughs> so they don't get the tweet. So this that's what he was facing and he wanted to get out of it. Like, I can't do my job. I, I don't think that they they're, they're not uh, told about these things. Uh, I think the Iranian president might be the only world leader that also isn't in charge of their military. Mm. Iran, I believe, is the only country that works that way. Uh, the supreme leader is directly in control of both the regular military forces and the IRGC. Okay, so um, the the Saudis met with Mike Pompeo today. He flew mm. in last night. He met and had a meeting with him this morning. Um, and then he got onto his plane and flew directly to the UAE. Um, I was surprised that we haven't seen a joint conference with the Saudis, uh, but the Saudis had a uh, a press conference here recently with their head of state department or the military. He was the spokesman for the head of the military. Okay, um, and you would expect after what we heard yesterday that. We would have photos of where they launched, you know, they would put the pieces out and they would make the case that Iran did this. They didn't do that, did they? They didn't do that. And it's the one thing that I was actually expecting or hoping to see. But I think it's very, very significant because yesterday we were saying pretty definitively that these attacks came from inside Iran. Mm -hmm. Now, it appears like they've kind of stepped back from that. Now, that's not to Mm. say it's not true. It just appears the fact that they're trying to soften the message. It's also significant that it was the spokesman for the head of the military. Why is that significant? Because he kept answering questions saying, well, that's above my pay grade. They kept saying, how are you going to respond? How is Saudi Arabia going to respond? How will the uh, United States respond? He kept saying, well, that's the guy above me. I can't tell you. I think they did that strategically on purpose so that they don't have to come out and make a decision right now. What, what do you think we should be doing? I mean, it, are, you in, are, are you saying you're in favor of a, of a military strike on Iran? So if if it, if we do if it is in fact as we said yesterday the, as our government said yesterday 
that these strikes came from inside Iran. That is a nation state attacking another nation state. That is an act of war. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the Saudis should mm. respond. We the don't Saudis. have to be in part. We don't have to because look, right. it actually the, – the rise in oil prices, is, is it's, a, it's a weird conundrum of it, but it actually helped the United States. Mm-hmm. It helped our oil industry. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're not dependent like we used to be. Fracking, this is not the 1980s. Fracking may have been a gift – I mean this literally – may have been a gift from god no doubt um that that we have this ability now to be energy independent we only we only get four i think it's four percent of our oil from saudi arabia Mm, yeah Uh, and we could really completely wean ourselves off of that yeah we could wean the entire western world off of that with with what we now have in oil reserves and it's benefited Uh, the entire world really mm -hmm. because we're the entire world's not dependent on this area of the world the price if this would have happened 10 years ago, 15 oh gosh, years no. ago, yeah. oil be would be 150 maybe $200 a barrel. Think yeah. about two years from now, if one of these Democrats is elected, uh, many of them want to ban fracking. Yeah, You're going to ban fracking in this environment? That's unbelievably stupid. The, uh, the, to, answer, to further answer your question, though, Pat, I, I, I don't think the United States should be the first responder here. I think we need to start yeah, getting away Saudi from Arabia that. Let Saudi Arabia do that. Let Saudi Arabia protect their own interests. I think we need to get yeah. away from that relationship. I, but I do think we should do what we did all the way up until World War II, really, which was be the people in the background where if we had interest in a certain area, we hit the pocketbooks or we supplied money to the pocketbooks. That's so, how we influenced them. Yeah, world. so um, hitting them even harder, I don't even know if you can, but hitting yeah. them even harder with sanctions from the United States and then also saying to Saudi Arabia, look, you lose a plane, we'll, you know, we'll sell you another one, just like we did in, you know, with Britain in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being in this is a nightmare. I think we're going to be dragged into it one way or another. We yeah. could never put a troop, drone, information. We could never talk to Saudi Arabia about any of it. And we'd still be drug into it because they will say that yep. we are behind Saudi Arabia. Another detail that came out of this press conference is is very scary for the future of warfare and the in the future of what Israel is about to see. I think very very soon. So they came out and said that the the total amount of ordnance that was used in this was eighteen drones, eighteen drones, and seven cruise missiles. They're saying they came mm. from the north. They won't say exactly wow. where, but that either means Iran or Iraq. So it's vague for a reason. But 18 drones and seven cruise missiles, and they wonder why the uh, air defense didn't hold up. And there was a very, very cocky, like, British journalist that asked that question. Are you basically asking if they were embarrassed? And he was like, what do you expect, you know, to happen on, on a swarm? This was a swarm attack. This is a swarm attack using drones and cruise missiles. That right there is the future that air defenses are going to have to deal with. I don't care if you have the S-400 system from Russia. A few missiles are getting through on that. I mean, even if you have an uh, air defense system, cruise missiles are designed to be maneuverable. So there's only so much. So the you only can do. thing that what is it the Aegis system on our battleships that just just spray bullets yep. everywhere? It's a last defense. Yeah, the Aegis system is probably something more along the lines of what everybody's going to have to have. Yeah, and we're never giving that to the Saudis. So they're, they're not. Yeah, they're not getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we should have it. What do you remember? Got what happened in the news? It was a, a week or two ago when when Israel released via social media. These precision-guided missile factories in Lebanon. Do you remember that? No. Say it again. So uh, they released on social media. It was a huge story, but not a lot of people covered it. It was very weird. But uh, the IDF 
released on social media, just put it all out there. These are the IRGC Iranian commanders that are helping Hezbollah in Lebanon, mm. and these are the factories. So mm. basically what Iran did was they pivoted away from trying to smuggle missiles into Lebanon to attack Israel, and instead they started shipping components so they could upgrade their already current missiles to precision-guided cruise missiles. It's the same exact uh, – so the, the things that Hezbollah has is exactly the same support they, that the Houthis in Yemen are getting. This is what Israel's about to – what can the Iron Dome do to 30 drones and 15 cruise missiles? Imagine that. That is exactly what Israel is facing. This attack on Saudi Arabia is going to be the norm only on Israel's doorstep very soon. So we are now – I'm telling you, I've only said this a couple of times, I think, I think. Our saving grace just may be the Tower of Babel story, where God confuses our language, and our language is ones and zeros. Uh, because mm. we are, if we can do this, we can do anything. This is the Tower of Babel story. What we're doing right now with technology, if we haven't changed, one of the last things my father said to me was, I'm glad I'm not in your generation. And I said, hey, thanks for cheering things up. <laughs> and he said, I don't know the solution to anything you guys are facing. He said, think of this, Glenn. Think of the leaps and bounds since the time of Christ in technology. Now, think of the absence of leaps and bounds in human decency. You're... He's like might have actually gone backward. Right. He's like, the people are the same. They're the same. Mm. But now you have this technology and nobody's really talking about, hey, maybe we should be good people. There's no explosion Mm -hmm. in enlightenment, you know, since really the 1700s. There hasn't been an explosion in enlightenment. And that's almost being snuffed out by everything that is happening today. How do we deal with this? Now, we're talking about one of the options that we have on the table, apparently, is a cyber strike against Iran. Which we've done recently. Uh, yeah, but I warn you, you know, it's Iran is not developing a low-yield nuke that buries itself in a bunker and all of the radiation is below ground. Okay, They're not doing that. They're developing a nuclear weapon that will kill as many people as they can indiscriminately. We might say, hey, cyber strike, and we might go after their nuclear plants or their military. They're not going to do that to us. They will reciprocate by going after power grids. Sure. And look what happened in Venezuela. And once we start this, and we already have, I mean, the world is, Putin is right. The World War Three will be fought with ones and zeros, but we we really need to wake up here and and have a conversation. Should there be a start treaty? Oh, absolutely should. And if you look at the history of warfare, it's it, it changed from like Civil War, Revolutionary War period of just fighting, you know, armies out on the battlefield. It changed to World War Two, bombing their capability to produce weaponry and equipment for those armies. Then the atomic bomb was designed to do that more efficiently. Now the best way to do that is just shut off all power in an area so they can't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine I, the the first cyber attack we did on Iran of knowledge was the Stuxnet virus, right? That sh- that actually caused physical harm and shattered their centrifuges. The second attack that we know of was again just a few weeks ago or a month ago after they shot down one of our drones. We t- and again it was a small story. 
but all of the uh, targeting capabilities all along the coast for Iran went completely dead, went offline. Mm. That was a cyber attack. We haven't said that publicly, but you know that's what happened. Mm. It keeps escalating. You can imagine where it's going from there. I don't know if you've we seen... Just, we have to find a way to couple that with an empowering of the people. Donald Trump needs to give a speech directly to the Iranian people. We are with you. Because they like America. They're the only people besides Israelis in the Middle East that like us. They like America, and they understand the West. It's not like a Stone Age uh, society. It is a Western culture that has been suppressed since 1979. And they like us, and the president should start speaking out and speaking directly to them. We support you. We know what you're living under, and we can't wait until you're free. Th- that that kind of stuff is, I think, just as important as any other military strike could possibly be, and perhaps much more powerful, even just by itself. Thanks, uh, Jason. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Keep watching this, and we'll do alerts, by the way. If, um, if anything happens, we will... Get on uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever and make sure that we cover it. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is our cruise through history. Are you excited to go on the cruise? Really excited. I mean, is this, yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it's almost, I mean, it's almost complete. We're not just saying that. It yeah, really no, I know. is. It's supposed to be, they say almost that completely they full. hope that it will be sold out by Friday. So yeah. that's, what is it, Thursday today? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Ah. Mm-hmm. Can I ever say, is it Thursday? No, it's Friday. Um, uh, but uh, it's it's almost sold out. Just a few cabins left. And we're doing something special for the last people in on the boat. This has never been done before. We're, we're traveling with about 3,000 people. Uh, and we're going to be doing all kinds of things, uh, you know, different shows on the boat. You're going to be with all of us. We're going to be with you. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, David uh, Barton, Rabbi Lappin, Pat, Stu, me. Uh, you name it, and uh, good food, great cruise, all-inclusive. A few packages still are are left, a few cabins, but literally a handful. If you've thought about coming with us, you got to do it. it. This is a once-in-a-lifetime cruise that you'll learn so much and have a great time and be surrounded by like-minded people. How many times does that happen? I mean, outside of Texas. Go to ComeSailAway.com, ComeSailAway.com, and grab your cabin now. ComeSailAway.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Tonight on the Blaze TV at 5 o'clock, I am doing an interview with Mark Sanford. Uh, He has decided to run against President Trump. uh, And my first question Mm. is... Don't you want to wait until 2024? Yeah, could really? you just wait five, <laughs> wait. six years just, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Um, I really want to know why he has chosen to do this. And mm-hmm. he he says, look, uh, I'm, I'm not here to, you know, cause any trouble, and I will vote for President Trump. Uh, I just think some things need to be asked. and And I agree with him. Uh, Ask him, but uh, from the sidelines. Yeah, that's what I kind of like. Do we really, really? Uh, So Mark Sanford joins us tonight. It'll be a very good and frank interview. A guy I really respect. Tonight, 5 o'clock.